You are listening to the official podcast of Grace Atumwa. What's next? What's next for Grace? What does it look like to faithfully follow God's call to grow, serve, and love together as we put the virus behind us in a few short months? Even more so than when we launched in 2019, we don't all know one another. We'll need to relearn names, stories, and faces, and meet many new faces too. How is God calling us to reconnect? Prepare your hearts by reading Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chris Childs. When I was in third grade, I look back on that year and say, that's a year that I was lonely. I got to hear and read a number of you say, when did you feel lonely? And you named all sorts of times, often times of transitions. And for me, third grade was a transition year. That's the year I moved. I moved from Tennessee where I lived for a few years and then I moved to Oskaloosa, Iowa. And it was a lonely time. I'd like you to picture the playground outside my elementary school for a moment. Picture walking out the doors onto the, the blacktop and the blacktop goes all the way up to the building and the, the school's up a little bit up on a hill and then the blacktop goes down, slopes down into a flat area below where there's basketball hoops. There's two different sets of play equipment. There's a merry-go-round that many would consider to be a terrible hazard as kids jump on it and swing around and around as fast as they can until the force of it throws them off. There's giant slides. You're looking at the playground through my eyes from where I sat right up next to the building at the top of the hill. Because I was waiting for someone else to reach out. See, I was up, sitting, standing along the side of the playground. It started out just as an accident. Just that first week, first day, I wasn't quite sure at what point do I go back into the school. When's recess over? I wasn't sure how things worked, where I could go, what the rules were. So I just stayed back to watch. But then it turned from more than just a way of starting, a way of figuring out life in this new place to a habit of I just stayed up alongside the building, sitting there and waiting for someone to reach out until I got to the place that I wasn't waiting for someone to reach, reach out anymore. It just became a habit of me being up there by the building. As I heard of other kids joining Little League and, and forming teams, for myself, I struggled to say, yes, it's my responsibility to lean in, to say, how do I sign up? How do I get involved? How do I get connected? 
I kept waiting for someone else to reach out, to come up to the top of the hill and say, hey, do you want to play basketball with us? Hey, do you want to get on the merry-go-round with us? Hey, do you want to get on the, the swing set with us? Do you want to play tag with us? I kept staying on the side and waiting. And I was lonely because I made myself lonely. In third grade, I isolated myself. And I, as I say this, I want to be clear, I am not embarrassed of my third grade self. I was in third grade. I made the best choices I could in third grade. But I am regretful of my third grade choices. I wish I had made different choices. And it's okay to have regrets because the person with no regrets is the person that doesn't learn. I learned that that habit of waiting for someone else to invite me in, to reach out, that habit of me not leaning in, isolated myself. It made me lonely. For many people, these last 12 months have been marked by loneliness and isolation. And there's a good reason for it. There's a pandemic. So there's a good reason to be isolated. And yet I also know of many others who've gotten more deeply connected with other people than they ever have before. These aren't just, just an idea of some people could get more connected. Some people did. Some people have told me their stories of how they developed friendships with others who went through the fires of their trial with them, who shared these, these griefs together that form bonds that are going to last a lifetime for them. I heard stories from people who found the courage that I didn't have in third grade. They leaned into relationships and they shared their real self with other people that when they struggled, when they had losses, they shared them with others and they found joy and they found hope. As we enter our spring and summer season, I'm just glancing out the window and seeing all of the melting that's happening. More of the lawn outside this window is grass than snow. And we can celebrate that here in Iowa, 5.3% of the population is fully vaccinated. And we can also take a dose of realism and admit that that means 94.7% of Iowa is not fully vaccinated. Vaccines are being distributed, but the pandemic is not over. 84% of Iowa has received no vaccine at all. Realistically, what I'm reading and, and hearing is that we cannot expect to reach herd immunity for large gatherings before the fall. We are living right now in this in-between time when people at the highest level of risk are receiving the vaccine. And that's good. And that's something we should be excited about. Everyone bear with us. It looks like Pastor Chris got disconnected and oh, here he is again. Hello, Pastor. Hello, everyone. We're living in this in-between time when people at the highest risk of receiving of infection are receiving a vaccine. And that's something really good. And you and I, we're longing for connection with other people. But if we're honest with ourselves, 
we aren't anywhere close to being ready for large gatherings. As a state, vaccinations are not spread out that much. They're not happening at a level that we can have large gatherings anytime soon. So what does scripture say to us during this in-between time? Here's what we read in Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. First in 23, let's hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering because the one who made the promises is reliable. Now you and I, we have that risk of being discouraged here, right? I do, I do, I keep looking for good news. And sometimes when we look in the news for good news, we don't find it, but we hold on to our hope. What is our hope, friends? Our hope personally, it's for life to the fullest in Christ. Life to the fullest, living in the presence of God. In eternity, yes, and here on earth. That the Holy Spirit is at work in us, renewing us, breathing life into us, giving us what we need to not just make it through the day, to thrive in each day, and sending us into this community to give life and hope and love to others. That's spiritually, personally, that's part of our hope. That's more than that, too. It's We have a hope socially to not be isolated on the edge of the playground, right? You and I, we don't want to be isolated on the edge of the playground. We want to get into the action again. We want to be connected. It's spiritual, it's social, it's emotional. There's a pain here. And if you've been feeling an emotional pain that hurts, and you're thinking, why does this hurt? This feels like it physically hurts, but I haven't been injured. Know that the way our brain is wired, emotional pain is just as real as physical pain. And physically, we want life to the fullest there too. All of us are looking at the life we want. Part of that has to do with the health that we want. So how do we take care of our health? All of this comes together in whole life, full lives in Jesus. It's on a personal level. We have this hope, but on a missional level too, we have a hope of being sent by the Holy Spirit so that others can experience life to the fullest in Jesus too. And Paul continues on. He says, let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Paul says, consider each other. Paul says, notice, pay attention, consider, speak, act in a way that's significant, that does something, that recognizes the other person because so many people go unnoticed. Paul says, be careful. Consider each other carefully. Why carefully? I can tell you this year, carefully because in our world today, we're all so overwhelmed. I see this in myself. I'm embarrassed to see it in myself. I see it in other people. I'm seeing it on a national level because we're all so overwhelmed that we're looking for a reason to point anger at someone. We're looking for reasons to be mad. If you've noticed yourself losing your temper more easily than you should on little things, you're not alone. It's happening on, on a global scale. 
So be careful, consider each other carefully. COVID fatigue is real. Consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Sparking love, sparking love. Considering someone else in such a way that they know they're loved. Because so often, friends, people go through life wondering if anyone notices them. As a pastor, one of the things I do is I just call people. I call people up to say, I notice you. How are you doing? What's impacting you the most lately? And I do that because I know people need to be seen, especially in a year like this. But it can't just be the pastors. It's not the pastors have a supernatural power to notice people. You do too to consider each other carefully, to spark love and to spark good deeds. That as we're spending time with people, we spark love. They know that they're noticed and loved. And then in that conversation, they get enough hope that they say, I could share hope with others too. Actually, the people I know who've stayed connected over this year, what they tell me is that we felt so much love, more love than we felt in other years. And we felt inspired to do something about it, to make a difference. So Paul goes on in, in the letter to the Hebrews. He says, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. He says, be careful of the habit of not meeting together. I'm going to ask you a hard question, friends. Have you met with other people from your church in the last three months? And let me be clear, because I'm talking about this the way Paul's talking about it. Paul's not talking about the big production event that we used to call going to church. Paul is not talking about an event where an expert comes up to the microphone and gives a presentation and musicians take their place and present to you a few songs. Paul is not talking about an event where the whole audience joins in and reads some of the words out loud together and sing songs, some of the songs together alongside the musicians. That's not what Paul's talking about here. Paul's not talking about an event where you're handed a program that details which song or recitation or presentation will be read at a particular time, the same as you'd receive if you went to a concert or a play or another performance. When Paul says, don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing, Paul is saying, don't stop meeting with your people. Don't stop meeting with your people. I don't think Paul cares whether that's on Zoom or if it's in a driveway or if it's going on walk, even if for safety you feel like you need to walk on separate sides of the street. Paul's saying, don't stop meeting with your people, but instead gather together. It, Consider each other carefully, spur one another on, spark love and good deeds. He goes on, says, instead, encourage each other. Instead of stopping meeting together, encourage each other. Just, especially as you see the last day, or the day drawing near. What does it mean to encourage someone, friends? It means to do that thing we just read, spark them to love and good need, deeds. 
it's not about a presentation. It's not about the event. What Paul is saying is, are you together with your people? Are you finding a way to get together with your people? Are you finding a way to do it? No matter what the circumstances are, you find a way to make that connection happen. Even if your people don't have the opportunity to go out, they don't have transportation. Maybe they don't have internet, but they have a phone. Do you call them? Do you meet with them over the phone and spur one another on to love and good deeds? Do you spark that in them? In this passage, Paul tells us, consider one another, spark one another, meet with one another, encourage one another. How does this considering each other and sparking each other and meeting and encouraging, how does it actually help us? By doing these things, we're doing what Paul told us to do at the introduction to this passage here. He says, let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering. Remember? And we asked the question, what's that hope? Life to the fullest, eternal life to the fullest, and life now to the fullest in Jesus Christ. Because the one who made the promise is reliable. So today, let's get really practical. Let's get extremely practical today. How are you going to make that personal connection? Because the snow's melting. Who can you invite to sit in your driveway with a cup of hot coffee? Who can you invite to go on a walk with you? Who can you call up on the phone? When you meet with someone, and when you walk with them, and when you call them, I'm going to challenge you to make sure you do what Paul tells us to do in Hebrews 10. He says, consider carefully the purpose for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. So how do you do that? You listen to them. You listen to them, tell them, tell you their story. You ask good questions that spark good listening. Here's my favorite question. I'm asking this question over and over lately. What is impacting you the most this week? What's impacting you the most these days? What's impacting you the most this month? What's impacting you the most since last time I saw you? And then follow up. There's an easy follow up. What's that like? And then pray for your friend. Some of you are saying, hold on a second, pastor. I don't pray. I don't want to pray. I definitely don't pray out loud. I'm going to ask you to pray for your friend because they need you to. Because they need to know that God is hearing their needs. And here's how you do it. You say something like this. You say, I don't usually pray out loud, but I'd like to pray for you right now if you don't mind. I'll say those words again. They're easy to say to someone. I don't usually pray out loud, but I'd like to pray for you right now if you don't mind. Most people, they're so grateful because they've never had anyone pray out loud for them before. And then here's how you pray for someone. This is, this is how to pray out loud. You say, God, you, you, you address your prayer to who you're praying to. You say, God, and then you repeat back what you heard your friend say. And you say it to God in your own words. If they talk about health issues, then you say, God, I'm lifting up these health issues to you. If they talk about 
a struggle their friend is having. You say, God, I lift up this struggle with this friend to you. If they lift up a challenge in their marriage, you say, God, I lift up this marriage challenge to you. If they lift up a challenge with their parents, they say, God, I lift up this challenge to their parents, to you. If your friend talks about the challenge they're having with their kids, then what do you say? God, I lift up the challenge my friend's having with her kids to you. You repeat back what you heard them say and you say it to God in your own words. And some of you right now are saying, but pastor, what if I don't have a phone number or an email to get in touch with a friend to reach out to? Pastor, I'd like to get in touch with someone. I'd like to build these relationships, but I don't have the contact information. Here's what I'll tell you to do. I'm going to tell you to look it up in the church directory. Did you know we just rolled out our church directory? It's in your email, all the information you need to sign up. Already, as of this morning, 99 people, we only started this this week, 99 people have signed up to be in the church directory. If you have any questions or you have any problems getting signed up, here's what you can do. Contact the Grace Office at office at gracetumwa.org or call the Grace Office, 641-682-9464, and then they'll help you get signed up. Um, they'll add you to a list and you'll receive a call back over the next couple of weeks to get your name into there and get all your information in the way you need it. It's that easy. But it starts with a desire and a commitment that we're going to get connected. Now, maybe you don't have a problem with getting contact information. Your problem is you want a consistent way of connecting with people. And maybe you're even saying, Pastor, I'd really like to be able to do worship with other people because there's spe something special about doing worship in person with other people. Here's what I'll tell you. You can do that starting next Sunday. Starting next Sunday, you can start a house church. What that means is you, you invite other people over to your house or you invite them to someone else's house. Now, some of you are saying, but can I do that? Do I have what I need? Do you have a TV? Okay, then yes, you do. You don't have a TV? Do you know someone that has a TV? Then yes, you're set. To start a house church, contact Jeff, jeff at graceatumwa.org. And what's a house church? It's a Gathering people to the house, you take time to pray for each other. That's essential because otherwise it's just watching TV together. You start by taking time to pray for each other by asking something like, what's impacting you the most lately? Right? The same question we talked about before. I think you lift up those very same things to God. And then you watch the message together. And then you ask each other a question related to the message. You can do it. And Jeff can get you everything you need to set it up. Even if you can't, you don't know how to connect your computer or your laptop or your tablet to your TV, Jeff can help you get that set up too. You can start meeting in person with other people next Sunday if you want to invite them to your home to do that together. I'd, I'd say definitely wear masks. Don't eat together. We're still just barely in the red zone and and. If we drop lower, we're to the orange zone. That's not a great place to be. So wear masks, take precautions, but connect. 
Maybe you don't need that, that um, worship time together. Maybe you need a group. So start your group. Who are you going to golf with? Say to someone, will you golf and, and pray with me once a week? Who are you going to Frisbee golf with? You might have to wear boots. It's kind of soppy outside. Who are you going to Frisbee golf with? Call them up and say, will you do Frisbee golf and pray with me once a week? And what do you ask while you're there? You ask a question like, what's impacting you the most lately? And contact Debbie and she can give you all sorts of other really good small group questions and small group resources and tools. Just contact her at Debbie at GraceTumwa.org and say, hey, Debbie, I've got these friends. I called them up and said, hey, do you want to hunt and pray with me? And so we're going to go hunting together and we want to pray at some point in that. And, and I would like to have this be a small group. Well, I have a group of people. We're worried about our health. So we're going to go walking and praying together. Debbie, can you get us set up with that and let us know if other people want to join? Or you want to be part of a service group project, like the whatsoever you do ministry. Or the group that's coming up over the next coming months, the gardening ministry. You want to serve. You want to get your hands dirty. Okay, contact Debbie. If you want to start a group or a house church, Jeff and Debbie, they're going to ask you a question. They're going to ask you this question. Who would you like to invite to do, to do this with you? And so go ahead and start thinking. Who would that be? And then this summer, this summer, we're going to focus on getting to know one another again. We're going to focus on reconnecting. Even though herd immunity isn't expected to come until this fall, I'm hopeful that we can gather indoors in groups of 20 to 30 people for weekly worship this summer. In addition to our online option, I see us hosting four to six different medium-sized worship groups each week. People can choose which time, which day of the week even they might want to connect and worship. And I picture this worship experience including music and a message and discussion at tables. And the details of it are all still coming together because we're still three months out at least. But this time in groups of 20 to 30 are going to be essential for us as we form relationships, old relationships and new relationships. I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's going to be hard. You're not going to know everyone. Because when you come together in this group of 20 to 30 people, you'll realize we've forgotten faces and names after a year of being apart. And you won't know everyone. Because the largest group of people at Grace isn't the people who came from one of the former Methodist churches. The largest group of people at Grace are the people who connected to Grace since the time of our merger. So you're going to meet new people. And that's why that time in groups of 20 to 30 people is going to be special. And I'm also hopeful, and there's a whole lot we don't know COVID-wise, right? But I'm hopeful that we can gather even in a large group outdoors every five weeks or so this summer. Because we need deep personal relationships in the smaller gatherings. And we don't want to be outside every Sunday all summer long. And we need the opportunity to see everyone again in one space before we launch our in-person worship services this fall. But in this in-between moment, while we wait for summer, do not miss your opportunity to connect right now. Get in the directory. Connect with a group. Connect with a house church. Connect with a friend in the driveway. Consider one another and spark love and good deeds. Because we are the people of grace.
And to us, relationships are everything. If you want life to the fullest, starting now, I ask that you pray along with me right here in your own heart. Pray with me. Jesus, we want life to the fullest. We know there have been times that we've shrank back from the life that you've called us to. And we ask that you restore us, redeem us, make us whole, and give us what we need to move forward in connecting with others. We ask that by your spirit, you lead us into this life, into the fullest that begins here on earth now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you found today's podcast meaningful, we invite you to subscribe to all of the podcasts from Grace Atumla. Grace is a congregation of the United Methodist Church located in Otumwa, Iowa. For more information on this podcast or other information on the ministries of Grace Atumwa, you can find us on the web at www.graceotumwa.com spelled O-T-T-U-M-W-A dot org. Thank you for listening.